Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, It Takes a Village. Our scripture is from the Gospel of Luke, the seventh chapter, the first through the tenth verses. After Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave whom he valued highly and who was ill and close to death. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly, saying, He is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people, and it is he who built our synagogue for us. And Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I do not presume to come to you, but only speak the word and let my servant be healed. For I also am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, he said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. What a wonderful story. The story of the centurion is first and foremost a story of faith and healing. This high-ranking Roman soldier sends word to Jesus, asking him to heal the soldier's slave. When Jesus approaches the centurion's house, the soldier sends out another message. Lord, don't trouble yourself. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. This is the kind of great faith born of humility and gratitude worth paying attention to. We do not know exactly how the centurion has learned about Jesus. He is a Gentile living in a community that is also home to many Jews. But so far in Luke's narrative, the gospel has not been spread to the Gentiles. But this soldier has heard something, and on the authority of that word, he has the audacity to believe that Jesus can heal his servant. This is extraordinary faith, amazing even to Jesus. He was so amazed, he turned to the crowd and said, I haven't found this faith in Israel. This is a turning point in the ministry of Jesus. Now, what makes this so significant is the soldier probably had grown up as a pagan, believing in idols. His job was to subject the Jews to the emperor's rule. So he was not necessarily the kind of person you might think would be open to hearing and receiving the word of God. But you never know who is ready to be moved by God's word. We know nothing about the sick slave, except he's highly valued by his master. The Greek word intimos means precious, honored, esteemed. There was a close relationship between the two men, it's obvious. So the soldier seeks healing for his slave, not just because this is his property. He's showing some compassion for someone he values. Now, the soldier also has a reputation as a good and caring man. His neighbors report he loves the Jews. He even built their synagogue for them. 
Remember, this is in a time and place where Jews despised Romans because they oppressed God's people. And when you read the backstory, you see that Jesus has just finished preaching one of his greatest sermons, the Beatitudes, admonishing believers to love our enemies, the other, the one that does not look like you or think like you. So this soldier stands out as someone who might be considered the other, except he is not. Now, there are more key lessons that are beginning to emerge from this story. The expanse of God's reach. It goes much further than expected. The gospel spreads where God wants it to spread. You see, it's not us. It's God's uh, desire to spread the gospel, and it goes where God wants it to go. The dynamics of faith. This man had no direct knowledge of God. He has no personal experience. He is content with the authority of the word of Jesus. Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Another important and perhaps surprising lesson, the healing in this story is not a direct healing. Jesus does no touching. He does no speaking. And somehow an environment, an atmosphere has been created in which healing occurs. The action in this busy montage of scenes is so full and moves so seamlessly that it's easy to overlook the powerful cord on which this story of faith, love, compassion, and healing hangs. This is really the most amazing part of the lesson. Jesus never actually encounters either the centurion or the servant. Everything Jesus learns about the two men, everything we learn about them and their circumstances, everything is communicated through the neighbors. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him. It is the community that provokes, that creates the atmosphere, that that kind of guides along all of the circumstances that open up the world to this healing. In other words, it takes a village. The African proverb about raising a child applies to this scene. The power, authority, and effectiveness of the word of God is realized and activated through this community. Other than Jesus, the community itself plays the biggest role in this story. What makes that even more stunning, this is a community of different kinds of people, people not known for cohesiveness, Jews and Gentiles. Now let's go back quickly to the centurion. For whatever reason, he understands he's going to need the help of the community if he is to convince Jesus to heal his servant. There has to be some kind of bond between the soldier and the community, a strong bond. But there also is some kind of wisdom at play here. You see, as a military man, this soldier works in an environment already where teamwork is important. He knows as powerful and strong and as he is, he can't do anything alone. Somewhere along the way, God has stepped into this soldier's stuff. God has prepared him for this moment because he's built a relationship with this community. He was responsible for their synagogue. But make no mistake, he's much more than just a benefactor. The text says when the elders came to Jesus, they appealed to him earnestly saying, this soldier is worthy of having you do this for him, for he loves our people. So this strong bond is not an ordinary bond. Something in the atmosphere has brought this normally opposing group up against another opposing group, and they've come together in preparation for some healing. I call this a God set up. First Peter reminds us that as believers, we are chosen generation, a royal priesthood. 
The culture, the shape and form of the church community by its very nature is different. We're not like other communities. Things can happen in our community that won't happen other places. We live in a world that is countercultural. We are called to what theologian and social scientist Rodney Clapp describes as holy madness. I love that. We're in a community focused on growing spiritually and morally. We are not to conform to the patterns of the world, but are transformed by the renewing of our minds, and in this case, our collective minds. I often speak of the trauma conversations that are a part of Roxbury Presbyterian Church's community outreach. Through this very special community of all kinds of people, people who gather, they're different people from week to week, something comes out that's bigger. There's a synergy in all of us getting together. And I believe it is the Holy Spirit, the power of God, that creates this space where true healing can take place. What happened with the trauma conversations is the same thing in the text. The centurion and the Jewish elders have developed a sense of Fellowship, translated from the Greek word koinonia, which at its very root means holding something in common. It's a word that really doesn't come up until after the Pentecost, the beginning of the church, but you can see the seeds of it here. This community of Capernaum was not an ordinary community, and that's why something special could happen here. There was a combination of God's love and compassion and trust and reciprocity that created this atmosphere conducive to healing. The centurion story, explored through this lens of community, challenges our perception that faith has to remain a solitary endeavor. Everything we are taught in this culture conditions us to believe that the greatest strength is found in our individual fortitude, pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. It's all about the one. Some people would have you believe faith is about the one, that it's private, that it's between you and your God. And there certainly are times when you need to get alone with Jesus, but faith is not a private affair. It is always about community. So I would suggest that you go back and read this story about the centurion and this this community, because Luke really lays it out there, that Once you give your life to Christ, you are a part of a community. That's why church is important. That's why we invite you to come with us at Roxbury Presbyterian Church at 328 Warren Street and and see our community. We are not uh, all alike. We come from all various parts of the world and various experiences. We are racially diverse. We are culturally diverse. But we are pulled together by the love and salvation of God. And it is in this very special community that God moves and God acts and anything is possible. It is a community of worship, a community of prayer. It's not just about how you pray, but who you're praying with. And this corporate prayer is powerful. It is strong. And it's through this prayer praying together that miracles can happen, that lives are transformed, that communities are improved, that the quality of life for you and your neighbor can soar. That's how God works. We are, each of us, members of one another. So I really suggest to you today, if you don't have a faith community, find a faith community. 
If you don't have a church, go find a church. There are no perfect churches. There are no perfect Christians, at least not this side of heaven. But we are all pulled together in this fellowship of a living God. And it takes a village to do the work that we do. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign if you let me.